0: sanity check podcast devoted to staying informed and sane in the time of trump i'm ben and i'm joined tonight by mike hey we are recording on the evening of thursday june 29th 2017 today is day 161 of the resistance if you enjoy what you hear you can subscribe on itunes at the google play store or at our website sanitycheckpod.com so let's get right into our best and worst news of the week i was gonna do uh the
1: best being that McConnell had to delay the vote on the health care bill. I agree but with then like my that. worst is that I'm pretty sure he's going to pass it anyway.
0: Well, that's interesting. Cause that's sort of like a reversal of your position from last week.
1: Yeah. Okay, I well, don't know. We'll to... Mitch McConnell... <laughs> it's a whole he's... thing. We're going to go into more later. Yeah. But that's uh, my quick hit on it.
0: Well, you're right. I, I, I don't like that. I don't like your your feeling about that, but we'll, we'll discuss that in more detail.
1: No, I don't regard what I just said as a good formal best and worst of the week or anything good. So I agree yeah, with you,
0: a, but yeah, that's fine. We can do whatever we want. So, um, I'm going to go, I'll, I'll do my best first, which is, um, in continuing in a, in a theme that I've done. Um, you know, I like to follow the, the adventures of, uh, Elon Musk, uh, former Trump science advisor, thankfully he's no longer, um, and uh, his adventures with SpaceX. And um, this last week marked um, a new milestone for SpaceX. They successfully launched two rockets in the same week. In fact, they did it in um, on a weekend within 48 hours of each other, which is pretty cool, one from each coast. And uh, they managed to land each of those rockets on one of their like automated barges that's off the coast uh, successfully which is very cool. One of the rockets had been used previously so this was the second or even third time I think that it it had been used Um, and like everything went really well and it was just like another check mark in SpaceX doing some pretty cool things so um, that's my best so my worst is this advertisement that the n r a put out last night a television advertisement have, have you seen this thing?
1: Yes, and it was very messed up,
0: oh man, it um for those of you who haven't seen it, it is basically straight up calling for violence, civil war um and like the committing of atrocities all in the name of white supremacy it was yeah, it was like let's kill all the liberals is basically what I took it as. And people of color. Yeah, like,
1: let's kill everybody
0: who isn't an NRA member. Yeah. Now, it, it Yeah, I mean, it's just, like, it was... It was disgusting. It was dark. It's, it was really dark. I mean, it, it was so bad that I've seen a f- fair number of, like, NRA members and, like, pretty hardcore Second Amendment types be, like, uh... I'm not cool with that ad. The thing it reminded me of is like you
1: remember in certain movies, um, like science fiction movies, when they want to show you that this dystopian future yeah. is dystopian, and they'll show like a little clip of the government, right? Like advertisements or propaganda. It reminded me of that. I was yeah, like, like, oh, the, this is like the
0: message of the evil totalitarian state. It was like Starship Troopers, except that was that movie was actually satire, and yeah, um, that's that's a good example of what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, right. Um, and this was not satire. This was just or like hot, the government in V for Vendetta, like the way yes, they that's talked. a good, that's a that's a good, very good example.
1: So not cool. <laughs> no, um, it was scary. It was scary. I actually found it. It was because it was encouraging people to kill, to commit violence against people.
0: Well, and then, like, it would literally show, like, the bad people, and they were all, like, black, like black or Latino, and then the good people were the white police officers, and you had this, like, attractive white lady being the, the person who was... It was Dana Loesch. Of, it was Dana Loesch, Who's
1: was a relatively attractive white lady she's to me, my main response was like i i knew it was gonna
0: be bad because I know where she's Well, she's at terrible politically, she's terrible, yeah, so that's that was my worst um worst of the week um
1: of course, that's been the n r a s game for a while to be like the hordes of black people are are like coming, and you better get as many guns as you can, yeah carry. but
0: it's sort of a new slightly n- even new level of Terribleness from them because, you know, at least for the last eight years, um, you know, they were doing the Obama's going to come for your guns. Well, bit. yeah, the
1: cynical take on all this would be they needed some new way to, like, gin up right their base but of people. Nobody's
0: coming for anyone's guns. Right.
1: Trump is like, buy more guns.
0: Yeah. And gun- ironically, gun sales have actually slowed. Um, well, of course, of, because there's yeah. no. What they need is people, like, terrified that, yeah. and
1: stocking up on all the weapons, whereas now it's like... Obama Republican, was great for gun sales. Yeah, Republican House, Republican yeah. Senate, Republican President. But, but the time Donald Trump was like, if Hillary Clinton like, wins the election, there, maybe the Second Amendment folks can figure out
0: a solution. You remember that? Right, but according to Sarah Huckabee Sanders, he's never incited violence. He told... Uh, I'm not even going to get involved with that. She, You know,
1: Spicer, I felt a little bit of empathy for because i could see that he was struggling with that job. you you could see a a look in his eye where he recognized on some level that what he was doing was evil yeah and like she doesn't have any of that she's like
0: really thinks it's cool and likes it i saw a good comparison about her recently with it being the, the 20th anniversary of the first harry potter book that uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders is sort of like the living embodiment of Dolores Umbridge. I thought you were going to say Dolores Umbridge. I don't think of her as Umbridge, because she's not
1: smart enough. You're right about that. Dolores Umbridge was a lot more clever. She was chillingly evil. And, like, intelligent.
0: I don't know who the Dolores Umbridge of this administration is. It's not Kellyanne Conway. No.
1: Well...
0: She, she's smarter than Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Well, so's anybody. I mean, yeah. Um, but in terms of the moral failing, Sarah Huckabee Sanders fits that fits it quite nicely. Yeah, they're all moral failures. But she's like, I mean, she she would have been like Maybe happy Mike to work Pence on. Is
1: the Dolores Umbridge? I
0: don't think he's smart enough. No, he is pretty dumb. I think I don't think he's too bright. There aren't a lot of smarties in that working in that white house. No, I mean, uh maybe Ivanka, I don't
1: know. I'm not sure I think she's that smart. And also she's it appears that her husband is getting most of the work. I don't think she's that smart, but I think she's smarter than most of the other ones. Yes, I think that's true. She's definitely the smartest of the Trump descendants. I mean that's not saying much. not a big competition. No. Um, were you surprised
0: that Jared couldn't work out Middle East peace? You know, I was I was bitterly disappointed. Yeah, I really um, thought he might make some progress. I I had I had really high hopes for the Georgia sixth special election and for Jared making peace in the Middle East. Apparently, his meeting with the boss did not go well, which is shocking. Well, I think the boss is not that. Oh, oh, you, oh, you said Abbas Mahmoud Abbas, yeah. No, why, why would it? I don't know because he doesn't <laughs> yes. know one damn thing about the situation. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, for, we've had highly competent negotiators. Spend, yeah, we've thrown like, the
1: best negotiators we had at these at this problem yeah. over and over again.
0: Yeah. I mean again and we made a little bit of progress a couple of times. A little. A couple little. yeah. Not much and not often, but yes. But Jared Kushner was not going to follow in the footsteps footsteps of of uh George Mitchell and, and whatnot, you know. I mean it was
1: Well, I'm sure, I mean, it seems like what he don't you imagine that he just went into the meeting with a boss and said, you know, you've just gotta accept all of Israel's demand like Apparently it went really badly.
0: I I don't I, I don't know. I mean I don't know if he went in with that or if he thought that he could like do some actual deal making or uh, I, what does I he no know idea. how to do? Is he like, hey, do you want to build a building in Manhattan? Like what? If you give me some money, then you know I could I could maybe like get you something. I don't know. That's, he may have made well... an offer of, of of that sort. But he Jared's got bigger. Bigger issues. I mean, he just hired a um, a big-time criminal defense lawyer. Oh,
1: you meant like that. I thought you meant like his portfolio of responsibilities, which is so vast. Uh, it is vast. Um, the, I don't know how he's doing treating the opioid crisis.
0: Isn't that another one of his things? Yeah, the opioid crisis, you mean, which currently is killing um, more Americans per year than... And murders, or you know, HIV at its peak. Um, I mean, the opioid crisis is really—it's actually a pretty good segue people. into our first topic. It is because the um, a, a, a matter of policy, which is really quite directly connected to the opioid crisis, is yep. um, is healthcare policy. You got that right. The BCRA, and, yeah. yeah, and. Um, and so we had – we did have some, some development since our, our talk last week. Now, to, to roll the clock back a little bit, last week you were a little bit more optimistic than I was about what was going to happen. You, well, the political you felt, reality remains that this bill is toxic. Oh, absolutely. But you, you felt that there were going to be enough Republican senators who would vote no – on it, and it would not pass at that time. You said that you, you—I believe you said there was a better than fifty percent chance of that.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that, to some extent, that happened in the sense that they had to delay the vote
0: because he couldn't get the support lined up. Right, and I—I I, whereas I felt that there was a more than fifty percent chance that it was going to pass. Um, so yeah, so to, I guess, to sum up what happened, basically, we are going to push into the July Fourth recess. Um, there were an. Just enough, no votes to even move the um, move the bill to a vote. That it was not possible to do so. Mostly after the CBO score came out and uh, suggested that 22 million people would lose insurance, including 15 million by the 2018 midterms. Um, so that that was not a good look. I mean, the bill is a is a tax cut paid for by taking health care away from poor people? Yeah. No, I I have to say I, one thing that I was surprised by is I mean, it does seem you know, unless he's playing chess on a level that I can't comprehend, which is entirely possible, it does seem like old Mitch misplayed this a little bit. Well So this is where you're gonna tell me he was playing chess. No, I just I think um I have a lot of respect for Mitch
1: McConnell as like a legislative tactician, and so I think he was I think his plan A would have been to pass the bill this week, yeah, but he's got several other backup plans, you know, and he left himself hundreds of billions of dollars of headroom
0: right so to there's make a, special deals with people, and I think that's what he's going to start doing there's a lot more deficit cutting. In the Senate version of the bill, than there was in the House bill.
1: Right, and in order to pass through reconciliation, it only has to be neutral. Right. So there's no issue. And right right now, in its current form, he's got a lot of extra money that you know, so he could offer Shelley Moore Capito a special West Virginia opioid. You know, like there's just all kinds of stuff he could
0: offer people. Yeah, and I'm I'm fully expecting him to do that. Now, I guess one question will be. With the delay and the recess, will that allow for, like, an increased level
1: of pushback? Well, it'll be sort of a race between, right, because, I mean, first of all, a lot of Republicans have stopped having town halls. Yes. So the opportunities for them to hear feedback are more limited. Um, But it'll be a race between the phone calls and the visits and the contacts from their constituents on the one side versus mitch mcconnell trying to make deals with people on the other
0: yeah i'll I'll say you know i my republican senators pat toomey who is was one of the earliest republican senators to come out and say that he was a strong yes um which should doom him in his next election although i don't know if it will yeah i mean you would think but um I mean, this, this certainly didn't stop me from from trying to call him every day. And I, I will say that I I had been able to get through to his office quite easily over the last month or so um, to call about this and that.
1: Which but is bad.
0: Over, which is bad, yeah. But over the last week... Because it indicates that not a lot of people are calling. Right. Over the last week, it has, again, been basically impossible to to get through. So I, w- I was hardened by that because I assume that it means... A lot more people were calling. Um, there have been a number of protests in Pennsylvania today in Philadelphia. Um, a bunch of people were arrested peacefully protesting the fact that he won't even, you know, hold the town hall or.
1: Well, so let me. Do you want? To, or shall I tell you why I'm now more pessimistic than I used to be? Yeah, go, go for it. One of the theories was um, that Mitch just wanted to bring a vote. And he d- it didn't, he wanted to get it done with one way or the other. And so I think that was one of the scenarios I was thinking might be the situation. But the fact that he delayed the vote tells me that he perceives that he doesn't have the votes now, which I think is correct, Yep. but he believes that he can get them. Because I don't think he would delay it if he didn't think he could get it passed. So you think he would have put the kibosh on it completely? Well, I mean, he's got several problems. One of the problems is that they can't proceed to any other business until they get this dealt with. And then another problem is that they've been promising their constituents for years that they're going to get rid of Obamacare and fix all the problems. And... He could solve the first problem by bringing it to a vote and having it go down. But that wouldn't solve the second problem. In which case, he
0: could at least say that he tried to... Right, he could
1: say, look, blame Susan Collins or whatever, you know, which... Not really his style, but he, he could do that. And it seems to me now that he wants to pass the bill. Because why would he draw out this process, which is... You know, as I said earlier, this this is a terrible bill. Everybody who learns anything about it hates it. And the more they learn, the more they hate it. So if he's giving people more time to get familiar with it, that's bad for him and his caucus politically. So why would he do that unless he believed he could pass it? And I think he can pass it. It's just, and it reminds me so much of the House bill, right? Which they proposed the bill, and it was terrible, and the conservatives, the like far right hated it and the more moderate people in the Republican caucus hated it. And then they made it more conservative and they got the yep. conservatives on board and then paradoxically more of the moderates got on board. Partly right. it's a matter of people. if people see that the bill is definitely going to pass then they want to get on board because maybe they can get more influence or get something out of it. So I could. There's four conservative senators who are saying they won't vote for it, and two more moderate senators, and so if Mitch can get the four more conservative ones, then he doesn't need the more moderate ones. Two of whom
0: showed the real courage of their convictions to wait until after Mitch called the vote off. Yeah, yeah. Because
1: no one. It,
0: it's for, a. It's yeah. an interesting sort of
1: game theory problem where. No one s- senator wants to be the person who meant they couldn't repeal Obamacare because it's such a big deal to their constituents now. Right. No. If if it's a group, then. Right. If like 10 of them said we can't do this, you, then you that's can't no really problem. Blame,
0: blame someone individually.
1: Yeah. So they clearly don't have that kind of a coalition. Right. Like one of the things I've heard was if Susan Collins and the guy she got together with to write this health care legislation she proposed earlier, Cassidy, and Lisa Murkowski. Like, for example, if those three people said, we don't like this and we think we should do this other bill that Susan Collins and Cassidy proposed earlier, that would be the end of it. This bill would be dead because they can't afford to lose three votes. Right. But that isn't what's happening. Instead, we have these different blocks of small groups of people each trying to... Position themselves to me. Yeah, I mean, there there have been some
0: weird, some weird things. Like uh, Ron Johnson from Wisconsin, who is generally considered to be, you know, on the moderate side of the Republican Senate caucus, such that it is, but he's really been criticizing the bill from the right, and not from the left. Yeah, although, again, him that him just
1: reminds me of the House bill somewhat. You know, like, yeah. it's weird for him, but it puts him in that group with Ted Cruz and Rand Paul. And you sort of talk a lot about Rand Paul as more doctrinaire than your typical... I, I do believe that he is. I believe that he is, too, but I don't know that I think that he would join Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski to block the bill...
0: No, I I don't think he would. I think Dean Heller might.
1: Yeah, he's an interesting one. He's politically the most vulnerable. Yeah. But the other the thing these Republicans worry about is that they can get primaried. Like if Dean Heller imagine the attack ads they could run against him, right, if they wanted to primary. They're already him running from attack right. ads against him. I know. I think that was actually a really big mistake from the Trump people.
0: I agree. I th- and apparently McConnell told them not to do it. Well, it's very stupid. I mean, yeah. it's very stupid. It's um, sort of a a, a, some, some, a stupid thing that Democrats would do. I don't think Democrats would do that. Well, they wouldn't actually run attack ads against their own, but just like be self defeating. Are, are you referring to some way. specific
1: example? No,
0: no, I just meant like self defeating behavior. Yeah, our self
1: defeating behavior is different because we're we're much yeah, you're, more you're right. of a. Letting the perfect be the enemy of the good,
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: you know, like, oh, here's a legislation that's 80 percent of the way towards something great. So let's all fight about it forever and like not and l- get and let the Republicans win, right? Yeah. But so the thing about this healthcare legislation is, I-, I think that Mitch McConnell, the picture that's coming clearer to me is he's left himself a lot of room to bargain. Yeah. He needs to get some, but not all of these resistant senators. And the senators who are hesitant or who have said they don't think we should proceed, it wasn't, like, a hard no from any of them. There was a lot of, like, in its current form type yeah. talk. And so the door seems thoroughly open to Mitch McConnell making a
0: couple of special deals. Yeah, I would say the the only senator who it seemed really does not like the bill is Susan Collins. Yeah, I don't
1: expect we're going to see Susan Collins voting no. for this bill, but no, she seems to
0: really not like it
1: that much. Well, it doesn't she, I assume that she and Mitch McConnell already have the understanding
0: that she's not going to vote for it. I would I would agree. I mean, and something that makes me fear that you are correct um is that I read today that Mark Meadows from the House Freedom Caucus is working with the 13 Bozo White Guys. In the, in the back room? Yeah, and
1: the thing, that that's a tell because it suggests that they're ready. If the right, Senate passes so that, a bill, then the House needs to pass the same bill for it to go to the President's desk. And what I
0: read was that he's there working with them so that it would just be an up-down vote in, yeah. in the House as opposed to... Having to get revisions yeah. and go back and forth forever. Right, so that... That does make me very nervous. Um,
1: well, I think one of the, they've done this thing that's so strange. They've overwhelmed. They've made it an overwhelming priority to quote repeal Obamacare. That's what it was in the beginning.
0: Even mm-hmm. though they're not repealing it,
1: but no, they're not repealing yeah. it. But but I think they feel that they have to do something, and it's clearly I don't see a lot of clear. The only policy commitment that is very clear to me between both bills and all the versions of the bills is the tax cut component. I think that's the only thing they really care about. Uh, yes, I
0: mean the And then the, they have to do a bunch of horrible things to pay for the course, tax. i was going to say the, the way that they are paying for the tax cut is extremely similar and but yeah, but I don't yeah. I mean their
1: butts because there's the money's only in a couple of places and
0: they need right. the money. But like I don't think they're coming to this
1: and saying, we really hate the idea of exchanges, and so we're going to
0: get rid of them. Like, clearly they're neutral about that. No, I think that there are some... They hate Medicaid. they always hated too. I was going to say, it's, it's Medicaid. And Medicaid they hate the individual the... mandate. Although well, the Senate gone.
1: continuous coverage thing is even, is horrible.
0: Yeah, I think it's even worse than the House's.
1: It's it's the most evil of all of them. It's the one where it says you literally cannot get it if your insurance coverage lapses. Again. You are yeah. not allowed to get health for insurance six for six months, which is unconscionably
0: horrible. Yeah, I mean, and I, I, I'm not even sure who, like, besides saving money, like, who that is supposed to please. I mean, I thought I, it was
1: supposed to help them get a better CBO score. Uh,
0: well, p- possibly, except that, uh, I think, I don't think it, I don't think that is really going to work. I think that, I mean, I, the, I, I think the CBO projects, CBO score was pretty rough. Yeah. I mean, it, it projects things in a pretty realistic way. And I think they're going to, um, I think they're going to view that as incredibly punitive, um, and it, it could end up leading to people having even less insurance because uh, by the time the six months are over, they could be so sick that the amount they would have to pay uh, would be even more exorbitant than it would be already.
1: Well, and so we were supposed to be all exercised about the individual mandate. You know, that's the Republican thing is the individual mandate is monstrously evil. Right. And so in that, it's like to compare the three worlds, right? So in the world of Obamacare, if you don't have health insurance, you pay a penalty to the IRS. Right. But And then you can buy insurance.
0: Or, and then or that, that money could theoretically be used by the federal government for other useful things. Yeah.
1: But the point is, if you make that decision and you pay the penalty, and then eight months later or four months later or a year later or whenever, you decide you need health insurance, you can go buy the insurance. You're free to buy it. Yeah. In the House bill if i'm remembering this correctly the cost to buy into health insurance after Increased. a lapse in
0: coverage was more expensive it, it it would it right it would increase for like a, a certain period of time yeah
1: and so this, so in that situation you're also getting a monetary penalty but Except you're paying it to the insurance company right right so that's that plan and then in the senate plan if you don't if you let your coverage lapse then you're out of luck and you should go die in whatever way seems best to you if
0: you get sick or get hit by a bus you know like and particularly because there won't be any medicaid so and there's
1: yeah. nothing you can do or there's no right. penalty you can pay to anybody in order to get health insurance i mean i assume you'd see like black market health insurance if they really did that um so, so
0: i don't know i don't know that you would choices. because the, the
1: the people who would get hurt by that um, are people who were so poor they decided they couldn't afford health insurance in the first right. place. Right,
0: and so I don't think they'd be able to afford it on the black market either. So, and so does
1: that mean, like, would they still be able to go get treatment in emergency rooms during that six-month yes. window? Yes,
0: because by law, and this will not be possible to be changed through reconciliation, um, emergency rooms cannot turn people away.
1: Yeah, well, and doctors, even... Even you, no matter what laws you change, doctors take an oath that they're going to help people if they who need yes. help. So if you show up in the emergency room, I just don't ever see us having uh, a cultural comfort with people just
0: being kicked out onto the street from emergency a number rooms. of physicians' advocacy groups. After this six-month bullshit was announced, said that if that were enacted, it would be in violation of. The Hippocratic Oath that... Well, it would be. ...that doctors take. So... Uh, so... But the thing I'm yeah. trying to get at here is, of those three options
1: for a continuous coverage incentives... The
0: most evil is the Senate one.
1: Yeah, but to me, the thing that's really clear is that the least onerous and the least evil is the currently existing Obamacare one, the mandate. Yes. And so and it's it, so it, strange it, to me that the Republicans have been railing against that for all while. And it's still time. essentially a market-based penalty. Exactly, it's right, like you know, the it's mildest like, penalty. Yeah, that they like could have included that would do anything.
0: Well, it's a tax, Mike. So it's. Um, is it? A,
1: do we have to call it? A, is that what John Roberts decides we have to call it? Yes, that was how the <laughs> court allowed decision. it. Um, but in any case, so that's just one example of the ways in which all the problems they claim to have identified in Obamacare, both of these bills, but the Senate one, since we're talking about it right now specifically, makes those problems much worse. It makes the continuous coverage problem worse in terms of the consequences for people who have an, a lapse in insurance. It makes Medicaid coverage worse. The premiums are higher. The quality of the
0: care is worse. The deductibles are higher. There's a very, very tiny sliver of the population for whom this is not true. It's the if richest you are, people. If you are like 20 years old and for some reason you're not on your parents' insurance because you can still stay on that until you're 26. Yeah, All but no, right, so know, like, if, solving if t- the health insurance problem for a healthy 20-year-old is, like, the right. easiest
1: part right. of this problem, well, I'm because they don't that, need any.
0: That is the only, uh, like, a very healthy 27-year-old um, is the only person who might pay less under the health, the House or Senate plans than under the current... Well and if you're a, if you're a,
1: if you're just a regular middle class small business owner with capital gains and dividend income in excess of $150,000 a year yeah just like a regular joe just like everybody yeah. then you get helped yeah. because you have less of a tax burden but actually and then you still have to pay more
0: for the health insurance I, I, I was going to say if 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 you were lucky enough to meet that criteria if you can um, get just to barely. the hospital, driving through the streets, right. choked with the
1: bodies <laughs> of the dying...
0: Well, I, I think that if you just barely met that criteria of making like 150000 It's true that you might need to be
1: making a lot more.
0: Yeah, you, you would actually still be paying way more than As you usual, were previously. If you're in the world
1: of Republicans,
0: really the only way you can ever be safe is if you're very wealthy. Well, right. I mean, if you're the Walton family, you don't even need insurance because... You can just pay for just everything pay out, of, out of your pocket. Um, but I think there... So,
1: this bill is a travesty and an evil... It's monstrous. Yeah, it's terrible. And But the thing that's so strange to me about it, and I complained about this last week, is... It's not that these aren't, aren't solvable problems. But it's like yeah. the Republicans start with these ideological commitments that make it impossible for them to propose solutions. Uh, You
0: you could even suggest that many of the problems that do legitimately exist in the Affordable Care Act uh, were caused by the
1: Republicans in the first place. Absolutely. One of my biggest fears in this situation is that that they're going to realize that there actually is a really politically popular option for them here and it is to offer democrats like the thing something they would have to vote for like a deal that was that they couldn't turn down to save obamacare but what what would they offer well they would have to stop giving the tax cuts to the people which is why i'm not afraid they'll do this right they could, there are well errors. there's actually a story in the times right now that they're
0: considering that
1: well there are i mean mcconnell i thought this was a great like snapshot of the moment we're living in where McConnell basically threatened that he would use bipartisanship if, he, yeah, if his right. caucus didn't right, right, get right, into right. line. Yeah, like... Uh, um, he was like, look, I'll meet with Schumer and like, be open to his ideas, and you know, as if his
0: Republicans are going to be like, no, not that, never do that. But there, there's a headline at NewYorkTimes.com right now. Republicans may forego tax cut to save health bill. Um, I'll believe it when I see it. Anything where Republicans are going to
1: forego a tax cut, I don't think that's likely. Uh, I I would certainly agree with that. Um. But, you know, the thing is, Mitch McConnell is very savvy, so maybe he will reduce the size of the tax cut, and then he'll get all the news coverage being like, McConnell, like, gives ground on tax cut, and bipartisanship rains from the sky, and then we're supposed to all be happy about it.
0: Well... I mean, that's an interesting question. I, I I think that the Republicans have been so secretive and non bipartisan in their approach so far, particularly in the Senate. You know that,
1: also incidentally, you know I think bipartisanship is like a bullshit thing to care about anyway.
0: Yeah, I mean in a perfect world it would be nice if you had two because actors, republicans have made it that way. Right, if you had two actors who were legitimately acting in good faith, but obviously we don't have that. Um but it, the the idea that um that the democrats would have any interest in a bipartisan solution whatever that might entail at the moment seems really really low to me at at the moment. The pro- I, here's the problem. Even Joe Manchin doesn't want to do it.
1: The problem is, the Democrats don't want people to die. There is that. And so, to the extent Republicans are willing to hold a gun to the heads of poor Americans and then say, we are going to kill these people unless you vote to do this and this... I feel like the Democrats would, would consider that. And I feel like we're getting into that area where McConnell is basically
0: saying, I'm going to kill thousands of poor people. Possibly more. Possibly but, more. I, but or, I, what, I, what I'm saying is I don't think that they would capitulate over saying, we're It depends gonna take, what the deal is. Like, right, I, I if, don't if, know. If it's, we're, okay, we're not going to take health insurance away from 22 million people. We're going to take it away from 14 million people. Wouldn't, don't you don't, think that would be a really hard choice? If you're a Democratic senator, no. Oh, interesting. I do. I feel I, like I don't because it it would it would still be so evil. Well, it would, and I think it it would be it would be. I mean, it's it's not even Sophie's choice. Well, it's the problem like...
1: for us is we started with. To me, Obamacare represents the maximal offer of of bipartisanship to the Republicans yeah. from the Democrats. So we really don't have any room. There's no – we can't compromise.
0: Right. If if McConnell offered Medicaid for all – Oh, well, sure. Then sure. Yeah, then – The interesting and-
1: thing about that is that would be politically brilliant because Trump and all the Republicans would suddenly become really popular as everybody was getting better health care than they were used to for a cheaper price. Uh, but They think it would cost a lot of money somehow. I mean, it would cost a lot of money, but you'd also be able to get rid of all the insurance. Like, you know that. Like, but this yeah, is the problem right. with healthcare—is it's so complicated. I mean, indeed, you could almost say nobody knew healthcare could be so complicated.
0: Actually, healthcare is—it's um, a thing because um, I, I, the, yesterday the Donald said that we're going to have a really great healthcare.
1: Well, he—I'm sure he has a really great healthcare. Actually, you know what? I take that back. His doctor seems like kind of a quack he also doesn't seem like he's in great health. No. Do you remember his doctor's letter where he was like, this guy has the greatest health. It's amazing. His health is amazing. Or it's, it's that it's like, are you a doctor? That
0: letter was either not written by a doctor having it seems
1: like one of those things where Trump wrote the letter and had his doctor right. sign it. I mean,
0: having read countless letters written by doctors and having written many medical letters, myself, or indeed even by literate adults. Yes. Um, There were just phrases and words and so on that would not get
1: used. But so the thing with healthcare that's so frustrating is just – and you said this earlier, but I want to go back to it because I think it's really true. A lot of what's wrong with Obamacare is wrong with it because of Republicans. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, I feel like the solution to this problem is perfectly clear. And it's some form of universal health care for everybody paid for through a universally applied tax to everybody. That's yeah. the answer. And, you know, there's different forms of it. You can do different kinds of single payer. We could ask, you know, we, we could ask for help from anybody. We could, ask we, could, for we could start with a public option. Yeah, we could. There's hundreds of ways to solve this problem, but they all lead to that same place because insurance is the most efficient when it has the largest pool of people. Yes. So, but we're not. But because of the Republicans and because of the way our society works, we weren't allowed to do that solution, and we weren't even allowed to talk about it or think about it. Um, what are we talking? We're talking about healthcare. So, just to put a little, put, trying to put a bow on healthcare here, I'm concerned it's going to pass in the same way that the House bill passed, where we thought that we kind of won. Well, where we right, where the pressure lets off because people are like, "Oh, thank God, we we." We called
0: every day to beg the senators not to kill us, and And they listened. I do think that the pressure had a lot to do with this delay.
1: I think so, too. The pressure definitely does something. Although, one of the trends I don't like is that how Republicans are removing themselves more and more from situations where they have to face or deal with that pressure. Yeah, um, I mean, which I, you know, in one sense, I understand because it's uncomfortable to have your sure. constituents screaming at you, but
0: that is the job. Sure, I can, I, I think uh, I saw the, the only two senators, Republican senators, that is, who are who have scheduled town halls at the moment are um, are Shelley Moore Capito and um, and Bill Cassidy. Uh, you know, Shelley
1: Moore Capito is the wild card here because this bill would like obliterate West Virginia. West Virginia has a lot of people who are having a difficult time and they rely on Medicaid and they need help. Yeah. And well this, this bill would just I mean it would be like going through West Virginia like killing every twentieth person you saw. Well, this it would is be one of the ridiculous.
0: reasons that um the Republicans have had no chance of of poaching uh Joe Manchin. What are we supposed to talk about after we do healthcare I wanted to mention. Oh God, this, so we I, had the I hate this one. We had the summation of the the Supreme Court's term, where they they announced some decisions, and uh, I guess the the good news was that Anthony Kennedy did not announce a retirement. Sure, um, though he doesn't have to do it. Then um, the. Uh, I mean, it's not surprising, I, I suppose, that the Supreme Court is going to hear the, the travel-slash-Muslim ban case. Um, what was somewhat infuriating, however, was that they chose to stay in part the Ninth Circuit Court's um, ruling. Yeah. Um, and so the travel ban, as of tonight, uh, June 29th, actually, um, has gone into effect in part. Which is um, so fucked up. It really is. So, you know, so from these, I think it was six countries in the revised bill. Um, they uh, now, if people from those countries want to come into the into the United States, they have to demonstrate a close relationship.
1: Yeah, and there's uh, you've seen these lists of like what yeah. constitutes a so close like if relationship, you have a job,
0: or if you have an immediate family member.
1: Well, but, but not like, a grandparent or grandchild.
0: Right, grandparent, grandchild, fiancé. Um, I thought they decided to actually that fiancé was okay. Did they in the end? Because mean the initial who list, does? was this, not. This is a Classic
1: Trump style, the way this is getting enacted is like completely haphazard and nobody knows anything.
0: Well, right, and the, and the Supreme Court didn't, when they made the stay. they didn't delineate what no, a they just said a bona fide relationship.
1: Yeah, um men. It could be like, I called someone, but
0: it's so Which, stupid. Well, one of the two people who uh, dissented from that, I guess it's not a ruling, but the, from the, that decision um, was Clarence Thomas, who actually, in this case, correctly said that it was stupid because uh, it would be impossible to say what a bona fide close relationship was. I mean, he's right. Now, of course, his solution was consequently to stay the whole thing, which is also stupid, but...
1: Sure, but it's more consistent. I mean... It is consistent, yes. Clarence Thomas is always very consistent and just, like, chillingly right-wing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But um, but who was the other dissent? Alito. Alito. God Alito is like such a dime store Scalia knockoff. yeah
0: I um, mean so I mean and it, it was a five four uh, decision to to issue this day, so naturally if um if the seat stealing Neil Gorsuch wasn't there, and we had Merrick Garland correctly in his seat um the, the travel ban would not have gone to it well, fight. I
1: got bad news we're gonna be. You should just put, write that sentence on a card, because we're going to be saying that for the next 25
0: years. Well, as I said, I I refer to Neil Gorsuch at all times as Neil Gorsuch, um, the uh, essentially illegal member of the Supreme Court. I don't consider him really to be a
1: legitimate right. member it, of the
0: Supreme Court. And, He's it, also a theocratic
1: fascist.
0: Yeah, it would it would appear that he is already the most conservative.
1: Well, I didn't of believe when corps. when he was getting considered, there were all these graphs that were showing which you know the ideological lean of the different justices, and they had him to the right of Scalia, which I sort of scoffed at because I was like, how is that even possible? Yeah. But now I totally believe it.
0: No, I think that Scalia analyses... liked the First
1: Amendment, for example.
0: Yeah, the apparently the only area where they both, Scalia and Gorsuch that is, um, are not completely right wing is that they both have a tiny soft spot in a very narrow window for criminal defendants. So, well, they're very
1: process minded, but like, because yeah. the, the other case that I, we heard about today was the, um, church and state one, the one about resurfacing the playground where they get state funds. And so I was really, I was on board with Sotomayor's dissent in that, where she said that this is opening the door to a whole bunch of stuff that is bad for everybody. It's bad for religious groups that now they're going to be competing for state funds. It's bad for taxpayers whose money is going to be going to support different religious institutions that they may or may not wish to support. Yeah, I mean, well, I generally
0: agree with Sonia.
1: Son Sotomayor. Sotomayor is is sort of, I mean, my favorite. I don't know who my favorite justice is. I I find myself really agreeing with her, and she brings a perspective that I think is a little bit rare in these Supreme Court proceedings, where she's she can bring sort of a more normal person
0: perspective. She yeah she her writing is very uh, it's not legalese.
1: Yeah, it's more readable. I mean, uh, my favorite... Actually, this is embarrassing to admit, but Scalia wrote fantastic decisions. Well, Scalia
0: was clearly the best writer.
1: On, I find Ruth on the Bader court. Ginsburg to be a pretty good writer. I think the two of them... My favorite was when the two of them disagreed about something because they were kind of writing to each other in their decisions. They were totally
0: writing. They were probably sitting in the same room while, while they were writing. Yeah, and apparently and they, they were both besties. were
1: pretty good. He was more, he was more funny, and well, she he was, so was caustic, sort of more... Yeah. Um, she had she more is, of like she still a, is.
0: She's she's still there.
1: No, I just mean when because Scalia is dead. So she when he when
0: to... when she would write to him. Yeah. yeah. Well, they the, they were friends. Not just friends. They were extremely close friends. He she, he took her hunting. They would go. <laughs> Can you imagine? She couldn't imagine, and then she did it with him, and apparently had a good time. But uh, oh man, uh, so I I was I, very
1: I, troubled by the Supreme uh, Court. Everything they did was very troubling. I I kind of. My, I don't know what's going to happen, but my guess is they actually are going to uphold the travel ban.
0: I mean, what this there's so many bizarre, you know, and we're not lawyers, right? So uh, there, there are certain elements that we might not understand in in those technical ways, but I mean, there's just the fact that the the premise of the travel ban was that the Trump administration needed, you know, 90 to 120 days to research and enact new screening processes to make it safe for these people to come in. It's been we're on day 161 as I mentioned up well, top. Well,
1: you know, but they're they this this whole like they call themselves strict constructionists and that's bullshit for we I don't want to get into all that, but I consider that to be bullshit, but one of the things they can just say is, you know, well, constitutionally, the executive gets to decide about immigration. Yes. End of discussion. You know, and I think that'll be enough. I think they'll get Kennedy with that reasoning.
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think the the only way to beat that reasoning is if you... Is that you can play a tape
1: of him saying it's a religiously motivated ban? Right. Yeah, I just don't think they're going to care. You can
0: make the argument that the executive is being unconstitutional, then you can beat it, but well, I'll be interested to way. see
1: how it plays out. It seems like the question is: Can the executive do something that it has the constitutional power to do if it has a motivation that is not the right motive? You know, like if right, right. yeah.
0: Well, I guess we're gonna find out. Unfortunately,
1: yeah, it's it's. But i I'm not heartened because the fact that they allowed it to go into effect shows that. Because there's no circuit court has said this thing is okay. The only decisions are that it's not okay.
0: And for multiple reasons they've said it's right, not which,
1: okay. Right, which so it's strange to me that we would allow it to go into effect when there there is not a dispute among the circuit yeah. courts.
0: I mean that the Ninth Circuit Court is considered to be a fairly liberal court, but, sure, not, but there's the other one, was it the, you which, know, the Fourth Circuit yeah. um
1: and so on, which are, are not considered. Every so legal authority who's gotten a look at this and it wasn't even close. No. But, you know, Merrick Garland is not there, and Neil Gorsuch is, and Alito is, and Thomas is. Those three will yeah. go along with anything. Like, if Trump tried to enact the final solution, they would be like, well, yeah. this might not be what we'd like to see, but the executive has the authority,
0: you know. Yeah, I mean, Roberts and Kennedy... Roberts actually might ha- be peelable on this, I think. Right, have the... there's there's a chance.
1: Roberts every now and then will... will side Surprise with the you. good guys yeah. yeah, I don't know quite why yeah I don't either But I'll, I'm not sure he's I'll a real it. Trump fan
0: no I I suspect he probably isn't
1: but Alito is
0: yeah and Clarence Thomas just doesn't give a shit
1: I don't think Thomas likes people no. I don't know what he likes he likes to he likes sexually to harass his all. employees yeah he liked Anita Hill quite, quite a lot. But he kind of... He seems to be... I don't know what his deal is at all. I definitely don't think he likes Trump.
0: But I don't think he cares. It
1: would be interesting to read a biography of him. An
0: autobiography.
1: I'm sure he would never write such a thing.
0: No, because it would involve, like, speaking, essentially. Which he doesn't he do. do. He
1: likes to keep his own counsel. So we'll see how that's going. What else did we learn about the Supreme Court? Yeah, I mean... America's in a terminal condition right now because the Republicans just keep hacking away at anything between them and power. So, you know, they didn't want Merrick Garland on the Supreme Court. They got their wish, and the only thing it cost them was the legitimacy of the Supreme Court.
0: Yeah, which they don't care give a crap about. I think probably they did care about it. Uh, they, they cared about it if it... Affected them negatively.
1: Their thing is, it's like if we can't have this, then no one can.
0: Yeah, they. And it's, it's
1: been with the, that's like the government of the United States. I
0: mean, they're all it's all they behave almost like anarchists. A,
1: they behave however they need way. to behave. They're not you know? doing a particularly good job of governing right now. I think that's an understatement. Do we have it on our list the fact that Rex Tillerson yelled at a White House aide? No, I'm not even familiar with that. Apparently, Rex Tillerson is very frustrated that he's not being allowed to staff up the State Department. I mean, that there's not like a deputy secretary. Well, I guess State there's people he'd like still. to hire. There's all these yeah. open jobs, and, and then we don't
0: have any like diplomats or no, they don't have anybody. he uh, right?
1: So he's trying to get it staffed up, but he can't get his hires approved by the White House.
0: And how like the the State Department and the di- Defense Department are at odds with the White House over like um Middle East policy or yeah, even I mean, like
1: what the facts of the situation are. Yeah. And like Yeah. yeah I mean did we talk and about that, it was that this week where they where they released that weird the White House released that strange statement about how they Syria. thought Syria was preparing yeah. a chemical attack and they were just wanted to make sure everybody knew that that wasn't okay and they would go to war with people and stuff. And then CENTCOM was like, like uh, We don't know what they're talking about.
0: Nobody had any idea what they were talking about.
1: Which is crazy. It was all Trump and spicy. That you know that's crazy for the White House and the military central command in the Middle East to not be on the same page about whether Syria is preparing a chemical attack or not. It's
0: completely insane. I mean, it it seemed like literally a wag the dog.
1: What kind of headline do you think Obama would have gotten in a situation like this?
0: Flailing... Barry, Obama... I mean, it depends on which media outlet. I mean, it would have ranged from flailing...
1: You know, like, Sean Hannity would have been, like, Kenyan usurper. (laughs) Like, doesn't...
0: Briefly, speaking of um, saying, like, crazy shit, I don't quite... I mean, I understand why, but I don't quite understand the uh, uproar over uh, the Donald's latest... Oh storm. wait, you don't
1: understand why he tweeted that, or you don't understand oh, what no, the uproar is? I don't
0: I don't understand why people are so much more upset about it than they are about the other crazy shit that he tweets I get on it. an almost I, daily basis. It's just
1: it just it's That's so very flagrantly mean.
0: So we should explain what we're talking about. Yeah,
1: so yeah, you should.
0: Okay, so uh this morning, um clearly while he was watching Morning Joe um which is you can always
1: tell what he's watching because he makes a special effort to say he's not watching
0: it right which is a lousy television show on msnbc um he tweeted that he was not watching morning joe um and then he decided to take a pot shot at the co-hosts of morning joe who are um former republican house member joe scarborough um very conservative and the um and the daughter of Jimmy Carter's national security advisor, uh, Mika Brzezinski, um, who are now also uh, an item. They are a couple. They're going to get um,
1: married, right? I mean, aren't they like a? Thing? Yes, they're,
0: they're they're engaged. And they, I mean, I, I don't I don't want to say to their credit, but they, Joe Scarborough was one of the first people in the mainstream media who said that he thought that Trump had a legitimate chance to win both the Republican nomination and the presidency. And so uh, for all, quite a while, Trump was very chummy with them, and he would go on the show quite a bit. Yeah, it used to be um, his favorite morning show. Right. And then when he started doing some, like, really autocratic totalitarian Yeah, when they started bullshit, accurately
1: reporting the evil things he was doing.
0: Um, so Scarborough and, and uh, Mika Brzezinski is, in, in theory, a Democrat, um, they they turned on him and um and so they've been they've been extremely critical
1: of Wait, I him. would have, hold on I don't like the idea that we're saying they turned on him I think they just were reporting what he was doing well I think they
0: were kind of enabling him
1: I, well they did turn that corner from being like bringing him on the show and getting some ratings out of their out of his you know endorsement of them to sort of realizing what they had done
0: yeah, well, and they were also like hanging out with him socially. Um, I mean, like w- one of the things that Trump referred to in his tweets today w- was that it, uh, New Year's. Uh, I can. Talk, I'm not sure if that was. Well, he talked about a party or where or she was bleeding
1: badly from a facelift.
0: Uh, well, at, at at one New Year's party at Mar-a-Lago, they were at it. Yeah. And right, and so he. He called them names, and then he then he said that Mika Brzezinski looked awful at that party. She was bleeding terribly from a face. Well, this is
1: Trump's allegation, and right. But there and are, so you there saying... are
0: photographs of her at this event where she looks totally normal.
1: Well, and so you're saying you don't understand why this provoked such a response? I totally do.
0: Well, I okay. I mean, I I guess one of my suppositions is that so there have been a lot of Republicans today who have been like, this is really. Inappropriate. It is inappropriate. Well, of course it is, but it's. I mean, when he, I I mean, when he calls Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas, it's inappropriate too. Republicans
1: hate her, Um, and when he
0: and when he makes up horrible lies about Barack Obama, I'm not here to say
1: Trump's tweets are great. That's not the point. But I think if you made a matrix of like different qualities they could have, right? So there could be like. This one is really personal, and this one is really sexist. Or
0: well, he makes very personal. No, I'm saying, but I'm just tweets me... about
1: Obama oh, all the time. I, if you what? Okay, I'm, I'm interrupting you. go ahead. So, I just feel like this particular set of tweets had a larger than usual overlap of different axes of things that are gross and. Mi- inappropriate about his tweets right because it was personal and sexist yeah. yes. and it was like about a, pr- a private event that happened a long time you know so it's sort of like it's inappropriate it's like bad etiquette and it's I mean, all of those things are true it's about a member of the media you know and there's more but like i think it's got more of the features that people find offensive all wrapped up than the average tweet, which might which might be like a personal attack, or something gross and in, inappropriate, but it's rarely all of those different things all at the same time.
0: No, I mean, but it's also not causing like an international incident. Which, well, that in a way yeah, that so makes it easier times. for
1: people to yeah. make a comment about it because it is so trivial, right? Because like. No one's going to cause a political firestorm by being like, like if if Trump tweeted something about like Syria and then John McCain was like, I don't agree with that. That's like a whole complicated political and diplomatic thing. Whereas in this case, he's clearly in the wrong, so it's easy for them to get a little anti. In a way, I view them really cynically as being. Yeah, he's like,
0: not in the wrong though, my That's not- Sarah Huckabee Sanders said that. Um, well, that's what I found really fire interesting. With fire. Yeah. Because they didn't do anything to him. No. I mean I was not watching Morning Joe this morning, so I don't know what set him off. But well, that's the, um, I mean this insane victim complex he has is gonna get us all killed. Well and he's really I mean he, he embodies the you know, the playground mentality of I am, you know, rubber, you are glue. I mean he really he really projects his own behavior and proclivities onto other people. He's know, horrible. Like when, a few days ago, he accused President Obama of colluding with the Russians. Thought that was amazing. Um,
1: clearly, yeah. he's not familiar with the theory that all everything he does is projection, because if he right. was familiar, he would stop doing it so obviously. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, so wait, uh, where are we
0: coming up on, what's our next thing? Um, I, I. I would just like to mention 30 Seconds because for one thing it's a little bit unclear to me how significant this is in terms of whether or not it's actually binding or if it's just or what it is but i was pleased to see that barbara lee today introduced some an amendment on some bill that passed in the house um that repealed the um authorization for the well, it's sunset force. it's sunset not repeal well it it repealed it with a expiration date
1: um I mean, my take, this is not the law yet. My take on this is like someone, they like, there was an oversight and they accidentally let her win this. I don't, I
0: don't expect us to see. Well, that's the, why I, say I have no idea how significant it is. So but anyway, that me happens. neither, but it, you know, it's fun. So yeah, I guess we're going to um, move into our new closing segment, which is um, what we're looking at over the coming week. I'll tell you what I'm thinking. My big
1: fear now is that we're going to end up in a war with Russia somehow growing out of the Syria
0: situation. So that's what I'm watching. And is that based on that, that Syria declaration from the. Well, it's just based, based on office. a couple of things. I, I think Russia is
1: there's a lot of ingredients there for a problem, right? Russia's involved there. We're involved there. There's a chaotic and hard-to-follow situation on the ground in terms of which groups are supported by whom. Um, We already have attacked Assad with the cruise missiles, and there's been aircraft, Russian aircraft are buzzing our aircraft in a really sort of brazen way. And then I think the other problem is... The to only be sure, thing that's not Trump, really a new thing. No, it's not new, but like it's uh, from what you know. I'm not a military expert, but from the news stories I'm reading, it is getting a little bit more. They always mess with us, and we, you know, that's understood. But they're messing with us more than they usually do, is what I'm gathering. But the other part of this is, I think Trump has understood that military action gets him good press. Yes, and horrible. so that's how I. And took, he, li- he also likes blowing things up. Yeah. Yeah, sure, but so I think when I was thinking about that serious statement this is just conjecture, but my my take on it is that he he wanted to sort of tap into that goodwill that he gets from military action. And so the and then of course the other problem is Trump is not good at giving the military clear guidance, clear strategic guidance. And he gives the generals a lot of leeway. He's letting them... He's
0: given them complete leeway in Afghanistan.
1: And so that's the kind of situation where, you know, one person could make one mistake, and then we shoot down a Russian jet, just for example. Like, that's the kind of thing that could happen. And a situation like that is very um, volatile and could get out of control much faster than really anyone... Anyway, this is—I don't—I don't necessarily think that this is going to happen, but this is what I'm paying a lot of attention to: is looking for ways to de-escalate the Syria situation. Well, that is a scary. Yeah, set it's of not thoughts. cool. Yeah. Because there are
0: all these de-escalation pathways, but Trump isn't good at using them. Um, I, de-escalation is not really in his toolbox.
1: No, in fact, it's funny. We were talking about this in this other topic we just talked about. He only knows attack. He doesn't. He doesn't understand any there being any benefit to backing down or de-escalating in any situation. Yeah. which is really bad. <laughs> and I think, and unfortunately, Putin has a similar. You know what I mean? Like I don't. I think both of them are not interested in appearing to back down in Syria.
0: Yeah, I mean, in in different ways. I think Putin, does, I mean, I, I think that he's probably been overstated as this, like, master...
1: Don't think he's a master displayer. strategist, but I do uh, think he understands projecting military force. Right, whereas Trump really behaves just like a preschooler. Trump, I don't think, understands anything. I do think right. Putin is smarter than Trump.
0: Yes. So what are you looking at in the upcoming week? Um you know i'm going to be taking a look i you know i was not able to read it because it's behind a paywall but the uh, wall street journal had an article today um about uh a, a gop operative oh yeah this is some again, hot stuff potentially yeah again i know this is going back to not your favorite topic the russia uh it's not not, it's not a my favorite topic potential collusion um i know you you know what i mean but the uh, that there may have been um, an attempt by a GOP operative to obtain uh, hacked uh, emails directly related to Hillary Clinton during the campaign and that it may have been done under the orders of Michael Flynn Um and the, this GOP operative was saying that, oh, but but if that it, Michael Flynn may have been the person who told me to do it, but um, if he did, he did it as a private citizen and not as a member of the campaign, which of course is ludicrous. Um, it, yeah, they've tried that a lot before, and it's always yeah. really stupid. It also, so I mean, I'm going to be paying attention to that. Uh, it, I think that I has think, the
1: potential to get very hot.
0: I think that there's a lot of stuff going on. With the Robert Mueller investigation, but in like classic Wiley. Robert Mueller fashion,
1: we no one knows yeah. anything about it. Which is good. I mean,
0: that's the way it should be. Um, I think he's I, gonna
1: just. It'll be like we don't hear anything for this for a period of time, and then he's just gonna like
0: unload well, a huge. Well, he's gonna drop a bomb on Congress. Yeah. it's just a question of not how much literally. We hear about it. A paper paper bomb. We'll certainly be um, able to tell. It's it, it, it's been really telling. How uh, the people he's hired?
1: Yeah, it's a bunch of like money laundering fraud. and fraud experts.
0: Yeah, and he recently hired um, an attorney whose specialty is getting um, like conspirators to flip. Yeah, um, I think
1: Flynn is gonna. I think they're well, probably gonna try to turn Flynn.
0: Well, there's some talk that he may have already been turned i mean what i understand if i'm him i would
1: turn immediately
0: like i would call and be like i need to flip now please tell me where to go i mean for one thing we haven't heard anything from him in months right and uh, previously he was publicly asking for immunity deals um and so on and so to go from being rather public to not hearing anything from him in months is a little bit suspicious if if you will um anyway, I, I just – yeah, I thought that this – what what I was able to gather from this Wall Street Journal article that I didn't actually read um, was interesting and could be the tip of a really big iceberg.
1: To put it in Matt Drudge
0: terms, this is developing. <laughs> yes, it is with developing. With three siren gifs. I mean, we, it, we've got Mike Pence with a defense attorney. A criminal defense attorney. Now he no, fired that, his that, staff the today. The GOP operative trying
1: to buy it, that's like a that would be a very big specific problem if if true. So I'm looking. Yeah, I
0: think looking at that makes on sense. on the orders of arguably the number one advisor in the Trump campaign. Yeah, well, yeah. we'll see how that develops over the next week. Yeah, so that's what I'm gonna be looking at. So in the meantime, thanks for listening to Sanity Check. Make sure to join us again next week, and if you liked what you heard, you can subscribe at iTunes, at the Google Play Store, or at our website, sanitycheckpod.com. And in the meantime, keep resisting, persisting, and calling your senators about the healthcare. Call your senators.